0: formula one now and though the new season is still several weeks away teams are flat out preparing their cars for the opening race in australia one of those teams is williams and we're joined now by their deputy team principal and new mother claire williams speaking to us live from oxfordshire
1: hello would you like some cake
0: um this is a remote link up by satellite
1: ah yes sorry force of habit
0: So, Claire, how are your preparations going for the new season?
1: Well, obviously, we're all jolly excited about 2018.
0: Claire, um, sorry to interrupt, but do you need to go and take care of the baby?
1: The baby? He's at home with his nanny, of course.
0: But the crying?
1: Oh, gosh, yes, sorry. Hang on. Quiet, Felipe. It's over. Go on, get out. No, no more comebacks. Hello, welcome to Gareth Jones On Speed. He's Richard. Hello. He's Zob. Hello. I'm Gareth, and welcome to The Future, the first episode of On Speed recorded in 2018. And it feels like the future because there's some kind of exciting stuff going on at the moment. Not necessarily car, but bear with me because I think it's worth mentioning. I'm talking about the scheduled launch of Falcon Heavy. Not a car, but a rocket. Richard, are we allowed to talk about rockets on the show?
0: No. I'm just kidding. <laughs> oh, goodbye. It's been good. it's been great. It's been good. I don't see why not. I know you feel very strongly about it, and yeah. you're all up in that space shizzle, oh, yeah. aren't you? I don't really know anything about it, so tell me. Well, What is the heavy falcon?
1: It's a big, fat bird. It actually is, though, isn't it? It actually
2: is. It's three is falcon Is there? Can I ask, I ask a question, genuinely? Together. I'm not being flippant, because yeah. I did
0: read about the falcon heavy. But this is the one that Elon Musk is putting uh, Tesla Roadster to One
2: into. of his old cars. One exactly. of his old cars, the original yes. his old His own shape.
1: Tesla Like Roadster. the one we drove. As a ballast, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But what? can I just ask before we go, well, is there a road falcon light? Well, it's called the Falcon 9, which was a development of the Falcon 1. What he did was develop an engine, got that working on its own then strapped nine of them together to make the Falcon 9, which is the rocket that they use for all the resupply missions and that recent secret Zuma launch that they did. They're lifting stuff for the well, US military now. the one now? that
0: completely freaked out half of Southern California? Yeah, yeah, yeah. All yeah. of Southern California. Yeah, yeah. You know you could see that in Phoenix, yeah. where some of my in-laws
1: live.
2: Yeah. Phoenix is miles it's from Los a, Angeles. I mean, my great God, but this be, be a, a rocket or a big rocket launch is a pretty big event, you know. It's, yeah. it's a big energetic thing and you can see it from... Well, I was oh, discussing it so. with my
0: wife, and we were like. But she went, "You know, you could see it in Phoenix I was like, it's incredible. You could see it in that's so far." Like, oh, hang on a minute. Well, it's a rocket. It was going high. I had you pulse. could see the moon from all over the place, and also Also, they go
2: sideways at some point. Yeah, you, know, you don't just go straight up. You've got to go yeah. sideways to get into orbit. I, I call yeah. it the
1: greatest um, show on Earth because it's not on Earth, and you can
2: see it. It's at a rocket launch. It's, it's amazing, amazing thing. the way I, to think of the I Falcon. I wish I could.
0: I'd been there in the US to see it. it
2: looked yeah. like an extraordinary spectacle. That would have been great. But the Falcon Nine is proper big commercial rocket. Big. It's big enough to launch supplies to the International Space Station, which it's yep. doing fairly regularly now. Is that now? the sole supply chain for those. space? No, no, there so are, no Soyuz the Soyuz the the still other, other the other. Going,
1: Well, it? Progress, the unmanned Soviet... Sorry, Soviet... Russian Progress uh, God supply... God center supplies. Yeah, but it goes up on a Soyuz launcher. It does, yes. Yes, yes, I take your point. The rocket is the Soyuz, as well right. as the capsule, as it were. And there's also the uh, Blue Origin... Not Blue Origin, what are they called? The Antares resupply vehicle, United
2: Launch Alliance, it's not them, no. I
1: think a company's called Orbital ATK. They're a private concern, like SpaceX. But the
0: Origin is Jeff Bezos' outfit, isn't yeah, it? It is, yes. yes. That's correct. The most extraordinary thing I read about that was that, I don't know how much it's costing a year, that programme. It's, it's expensive, because rockets are expensive, aren't they? But Bezos is so wealthy, he could fund it personally out of his own pocket for 90 years. Is that how wealthy mm. yeah, he is? Oh, he's insanely good. You know, he wow. became the world's most wealthy man, and it made headlines a few months ago, maybe six months ago, but what didn't make headlines is the very next day he dropped back down to second again because because it's all it. stocks, yeah, exactly. isn't it? His, yeah, yeah. his, his net yeah, yeah. worth yeah, is exactly. theoretical because it's all tied up in Amazon stuff. And
1: he made yeah. all that money from being the dancer in the Happy Mondays.
2: Incredible, yeah. yeah. Close enough. And the other thing about the Falcon Nine, of course, is SpaceX has pulled off this tremendous trick of building a reusable launcher. At least ten times now, yep. they have recovered Falcon Nine launches by dropping them back onto a barge yeah. uh, and firing rockets and, and refurbished them refurbish them. And they've reused, a, uh, they've reused a couple of them so far? The,
1: the two, I think. And the Falcon Heavy launch, I believe that the two outer boosters, if you like, outer elements, are flight-proven, as SpaceX say. You know, mm. pre-owned. They have run right. before.
2: And just to explain, the Falcon Heavy is, to put it simply, three Falcon 9s strapped together.
0: So it's a falcon 27 <laughs> it <laughs> it is,
2: actually, that's
1: it actually well, is yeah. it's right. got 27 go. motors it truly really? is yeah yeah okay. it truly okay. is so, follows the soviet design in that respect okay, Lots of now, little motors rather than a few big ones like the americans and, do. and, and in the it's, general it's,
0: sort of rocket scheme of things mm. how does the falcon heavy compare in size and power to the saturn V, the biggest rocket
1: yeah the falcon four? heavy can lift 54 the, metric Tons. I think the Saturn V was hundred and twenty
2: something metric tons. But depending, well, they we say lift. This is a question: We're talking to about where? Li- lifting, yeah, lifting yeah. to low Earth orbit, or lifting to the Moon, or lifting to Mars. And these the- are three very different things because getting into low Earth orbit is hard. Getting to the Moon is harder and takes even more energy, more power. And then getting to Mars would take even more. And one of the main objectives of SpaceX is to build vehicles that can go to Mars. Yeah. And Falcon Heavy, can it can get some stuff to Mars. Yeah, it can uh, get a Tesla into Mars orbit. Just to take a step back, you asked a moment ago how powerful this is compared to, say, the Saturn V. I'm not quite sure, but I think it is a little bit more powerful than the Saturn V, isn't it, the, the I Heavy? don't think so. I can tell you that it is twice as
1: powerful as the next... Most powerful rocket on Earth, which is the Delta IV, which has the ability to lift 26 metric tons to Mars, I
2: suppose. In terms of power, the one statistic I always remember about the Saturn V is that at full power, in other words, at launch, the stage one of the Saturn V produced as much power as the entire UK national grid does at maximum output. (laughs) (laughs) So if you can imagine that, you've got one machine producing as much power as the entire UK national grid is capable of producing.
0: Well, did you see that stat the other day? There's a new iMac out an iMac Pro.
2: Yeah, a stupidly expensive one.
0: Yeah, and they said that one of those new iMac Pros has as much power as the Apple II, the second computer that Apple ever made. Obviously not one Apple II. They meant all of the Apple IIs ever made. (laughs) (laughs) And there were, I think, some three-quarters of of a million of them or something. One single computer.
1: I love the way that technology's advanced. And it's great that technology's advanced for a private space concern because SpaceX developed the Falcon system pretty quickly. I know it's always behind schedule and just like Tesla, the dates that they announce are never the dates that they deliver, but they do eventually get there and prove these bonkers
2: ideas do actually work. Just to think about where this Tesla is going, I'm not actually quite clear on what kind of an orbit they've got planned for this roadster, because basically it's a test cargo that they don't mind losing. Whenever SpaceX has launched the first of any of their rockets they've always used as a test payload, something that's sort of a little bit tongue-in-cheek. They had a wheel of cheese. In the, uh, <laughs> yep, they sent that up in Dragon, they sent, didn't they? That's yeah, right, yeah. yeah. And for the Falcon Heavy, it's going to be, yeah, this Tesla Roadster. There was talk of getting into a Mars orbit, but when they say a Mars orbit, I'm not sure that they actually mean an orbit around Mars. Mm-hmm. They, they mean an orbit around the sun that is going to take it Past Past Mars, Mars, quite possibly. Because if my understanding of orbital dynamics is correct, it's one thing to fire your Tesla Roadster on the kind of trajectory that's going to take it to Mars. But then once you get to Mars, in order to get into an orbit around Mars, you've then got to slow it down again Mm -hmm. quite a bit to make that orbit. Mm. And that requires that as well as firing your Roadster to Mars, you've got to package with it a big enough rocket to slow down that Roadster. And that's quite a lot of mass to carry. And so... To keep things a little bit simpler, they're going to send it on some kind of trajectory that's going to it's a drive take pipe. it. It's a drive driver, yeah. And then if they drive. want to get it back. Oh no! No, it's oh, not right, going no. that race no, is gone. no, 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 yeah. that race yeah. is gone. It's, right, okay. it's never
1: coming back. Or, or, to leave Earth, you've got to do seventeen thousand six hundred miles per hour to escape Earth gravity. To, yeah, to make low Earth orbit, you yeah.
2: need about seventeen.
1: If okay. you, if you mm-hmm. then want to leave Earth, you've got to get to something like twenty-five thousand miles per yep, hour, I believe. Like, yeah. And you just keep going. And what you do is you set a trajectory for where you think Mars is going to be in about three months or however long it will take you to get there. Yeah, yeah. So you don't go to where Mars is; you go to where Mars is going to be. The opposite of a closing door. Oh, you know, But that's not the trick. That's not the wonderful thing about the Falcon Heavy for me. It's the launch rather than where it's going. Because what they're going to do is, once the three-element rocket takes off from launch pad 39A, by the way, one of the most important planetary launch sites on we'll Earth...
2: where Apollo 11 launched from yeah. to go to the moon. But it's
1: what they do. They recover the boosters. They're going to recover the two side elements... They'll fall out of the sky, having carried enough fuel up to be able to break, to reverse, because it takes energy to get up there. You need a certain amount of energy to bring you back to where you were. And it falls back using these incredible titanium fins. Have you seen it? They're like the feet on
2: insects, you know, that have those sort of splayed hairs that slow them down what you're keeping the fuel for gravity is going to bring those Mm -hmm. boosters back down what you need the energy for is to stop the booster hitting the ground fast enough to destroy it you're using the fuel to slow the booster down at the last minute and that's your kind of classic oh bouncing a broomstick on your palm with wibbly wobbly wibbly trick
1: yeah that's That's exactly right it's a great analogy a broomstick on the hand Yeah. Yeah. so these two boosters will fall back to earth and will land on these landing pads that they have back at John F Kennedy Space Centre however the central core will continue for quite some time before the upper stage separates. And that central Mm. core will then fall back to Earth and land on a drone ship out in the Atlantic. Now, drama, this is what's attracted me to this. It's the drama of the can-he-do-all-three. If we get one of those boosters back to Earth, that's what they've done before. If we get two of those boosters back to Earth almost simultaneously... That's hard and fantastic for a first attempt. If they get all three back, it'll be remarkable. It's a so, speedboat.
2: It's like a magician kind of doing a trick. Yeah. What do you think, ladies and yeah, yeah, If yeah, I yeah. get <laughs> one of these boosters back, be exactly. if I get
1: two
0: boosters back, it would be really impressed. It, that's how I say it. Now, what uh, if I question get... for you. Are these boosters then, as they come back down to Earth, are yep. they being controlled manually, or is it all done with it, an
1: automaton? I believe it's all yeah. is it? yeah. okay. yes. interesting. I think in about one minute before launch everything goes internal and Falcon takes care of its own business wow. like than Tesla parking mm. and when you watch it it defies belief we've seen shots of Thunderbird 3 landing back through that round building in Thunderbirds on Tracy Island and that's science fiction rockets landing on their tail is science fiction mm. SpaceX have proved that they can actually do it on Earth yes I know there are others doing it as well but no one else has done it from orbit yet apart from SpaceX
2: yeah and they're doing it with a vehicle that they are using commercially to take Supplies to the International Space Station. It's a very, very impressive technical achievement.
0: So, is this basically the technology now earns its keep with the genuine supply chain need and delivering satellites and for whoever wants them
2: yep. into
0: orbit? Yep. But then this funds. Elon Musk's Mars ambitions, which are yep. much more of a sort of pet project for him.
2: I'm no accountant, and I'm not <laughs> going to pretend to... You know, but certainly SpaceX is running at least a semi-commercial operation. They are being paid by NASA to send resupply missions up to the ISS. They're doing those missions successfully. I think they had a bit of an injection of money from NASA, NASA, NASA early to help on to develop, help develop the, yeah. uh, the programme. But yeah, they're running a commercial... Program. yeah, mm. yeah it's true- not it's yeah. not
0: just a big sort of vanity project there is actually no no a, it's no, no, a business no it's not. of sorts. Yeah, yeah. oh
2: yeah I, although because there is this interesting thing one of the key things is the reusability because the whole operation gets a lot cheaper if you can reuse your very expensive space hardware
0: well this was going to be my question all this complexity of bringing these things back down to land neatly on their tails it's worth its while yeah. than just letting them drop into the sea and... Imagine
2: if yeah, yeah. every time difficult.
1: you got a flight across the Atlantic, you threw they the threw the plane threw away. The plane away. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. That's how well, expensive yeah, okay. rocketry yeah, 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 used yeah. to be until you started finding ways of bringing stuff back and reusing it. And they're even reusing the Dragon Capsule now mm. as well, the resupply well, it, vessel.
2: Not many people know this, I think. They used to reuse the shuttle solid fuel boosters, mm. as well yeah. as using the... Yep. As well as reusing the shuttle itself, although it wasn't so much reused as more... The as Orbiter. Re- rebuilt. Sorry, the Orbiter, yes. Yep. Quite great. It wasn't anything like as reusable a craft as it was supposed to be. Mm. And they, they had to completely rebuild all of the Orbiter's engines before each flight, which is why it was so much more expensive to run the program mm. than intended but those solid fuel boosters that separated a couple of minutes into the flight they were recovered from the sea each yeah. time and again they refurbished those and reused those um, the main
0: tank they didn't did they correct but it burnt up, yeah. they had a spare one when the program was cancelled because that shuttle that's in california uh-huh. in los angeles in the science center there i can't which one it is endeavor uh, it's yeah. not Pathfinder, is it?
1: Which is a no. one-to-one, uh, what do they call it? Oh, no, I
0: think this one has really flown.
1: Um, oh, right. And, it's, and it's in, it, it's that,
0: it sits on what would have been its wheels hmm. yep. in this big hall. Mm. It's a fantastic thing up close. I've yeah. never seen a shuttle up close. But, well, you know, why would you have done? But, because it's bigger than you expect. But it's also flakier than you expect. It yep. looks more like you think the Millennium Falcon out of Star Wars. Got, where It's all sort of tatty and battered mm-hmm. and scrappy around the edges. Yeah. But it's wonderful. It sits on its undercarriage legs, but then they sit into these special almost like bowls that then allow the legs to move around if there's an earthquake because if they rigidly bolted it to the floor and there was an earthquake it would would shake it to pieces so so it's it's allowed to move in the event of an earthquake but what they want to do and what they're doing quite soon i think they're going to build a huge tall structure and they're going to the shuttle on on its end because they got some of the boosters but then nasa went you know we've got a spare. Tank at their facility where they built them and they These shipped it, def- they yeah, took it right out the round through yep. the Panama Canal, yep. on a garage up, up into the ports of Los Angeles. Yep. And then, the same way, if you look on YouTube, you'll see the, the time lapse footage of them driving the shuttle through the streets to get it to the science center. Then they did the same later with the tank took it through the streets, and now they're just trying to raise enough money to effectively reassemble the whole thing into a large configuration. For it. I'll do
2: it. And put a building around it. It's going to be amazing. That yeah. will be fantastic. On a totally different track, I thought there's an interesting thing about this whole Tesla going into space as the test cargo for the Falcon Heavy, which is that actually it's a very striking sort of mirror of one little aspect of the Apollo program and the Saturn V, which is that at the height of the public interest in the Apollo program and when the Apollo astronauts were being... Uh, I think they actually had some kind of contract with Time magazine yes, to they do did, regular yeah, updates yeah.
1: they all got Mustangs and they all got- no 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 they all
2: got Corvettes Corvettes, corvettes yeah. sorry, sorry. Boops, yes, this is it. all of the Apollo astronauts had Corvettes yeah. and the Corvette is kind of iconic of mm. a particular era of the evolution of the automobile a proudly petrol snorting beast a great sports car icon of its time but you know, this, and, and now in, in the this era all
0: had Corvettes it was quite a tradition for a long time and then my colleague Jeremy Clarkson once interviewed, I think it was the guy who was the first one to manually land a shuttle. and John different Young, era. Crippen, Ooh, yeah. or, Crippen
1: oh, or Young? I don't know, I uh, can't remember they, his name. Yeah.
0: I think it was that guy. Much different era. And Jeremy said to him, so what do you drive? Thinking maybe he's still got a Corvette. And he yeah. went, oh, I have a Camry. A Camry. <laughs> so disappointing. Oh, sorry, I
2: interrupted. But then, but, no, go no, lovely, lovely. Sorry, I have to interrupt
1: the interruption. I'm sorry, Dog. John Young, who would have been the guy, died last week. Oh, is that the same yeah. guy? What one of the main words. Yeah, yeah, just, yeah, right. yeah. But, yeah sorry, but, sorry,
2: Yeah, And so in this new era of space, and, and SpaceX is absolutely a company that is at the heart of this new era of private space innovation, and Musk might well be the guy, and SpaceX may well be the company that builds the hardware and runs the mission that puts the first people on Mars, who mm. knows. A car that is iconic of the new era of motoring uh-huh. is going up on that rocket you've a mm-hmm. Tesla mm-hmm. Roadster atop that Falcon Heavy it's just an interesting kind of mirror mm. of you know yeah, yeah. A, com- a, a generational change yeah. you know in both industries
0: yeah. look at the lawman beating up the wrong guy <laughs> Oh, man, look at those cavemen go. I suppose what I'm trying to ask is, is there life on Mars? (laughs) I've
1: got to say, if you think Falcon Heavy is potentially exciting, don't miss it. It'll be all over the internet. It's going to happen at the end of January, right? We don't know exactly when. In fact, as we speak right now, perhaps in the next 24 hours, in between the time it takes to record this programme and put it out, they're probably going to static fire the 27 engines on the launch pad at Kennedy, just to make sure it's all working before the final launch. And it's going to be the most exciting thing you'll ever see. I know there's no one on board it, right? But it's going to be one of the most exciting things you'll ever see, because the potential for this to go wrong is greater than anything before, hmm. which makes it you know, more jeopardous and therefore more entertaining. And beyond that, we're going to have to come back to this programme in about, well, 10 years or perhaps 30 years, depending on Elon Musk's scheduling for the next generation beyond Falcon Heavy, which is called BFR. And do you know what that stands for? Oh, I can guess.
2: Well, B- we, we all know what it stands Big, big f- rocket, rocket, isn't isn't it? It? Yeah. No, no,
1: no. It's that's, that's, Big Falcon Rocket. Of course it is. Of
2: course it is, yes.
1: Uh, so the Falcon Heavy launch... Uh, was a success? Yes, sir, Mr. Musk. And my Tesla Roadster
0: was on board? Certainly was, Mr. Musk. Right. Okay.
1: Well done, gentlemen.
0: You should go home and get some sleep, Mr. Musk, sir.
1: Yeah, I can't do that. Why not, sir? Because you fired my goddamn car into space. But but you you, you told us to do that, sir. I'd have to be goddamn crazy to tell you to do a thing like that. Do I look crazy to you? No, no, Mr. Musk, sir. That's right. The answer is no. Space weasels. Step petrol! we got to go down speed! You know, cars really are out of the world, fellas, aren't they? Especially when you've got a Tesla potentially on its way to mars but really you're gonna ask what about the cars on earth where's the next breakthroughs i want to discuss the internal combustion engine in a moment because it's not done yet but it seems that the buzzword for evs at the moment is not in the motors or the magnets in the motors but in the batteries that solid state batteries is what everyone is aspiring to now do you understand the principle in which
2: solid-state batteries work? Is it basically a flash drive? What is it? Uh, I don't know a little about this, but as I understand it, the key thing about a solid-state battery is that you're replacing a liquid electrolyte with a solid electrolyte. So in a regular battery, you've got a couple of electrodes, which you hook up to whatever you want to power. You've got your couple of electrodes, and then in between those electrodes, you've got your electrolyte, a chemical solution. And chemistry happens in between your electrodes, and that produces your current. Mm. Now, batteries can have all kinds of different chemistry. We're all familiar with old-style lead-acid batteries, which have... Lead and acid in them. Is that uh, why they call lead acid batteries? Nickel. Your phone's probably got a lithium ion battery oh. in it, and lithium ion batteries are in most lithium polymers as well. Yeah, I'm not sure the uh, nickel. The lithium here is referring to chemistry that's happening in between the electrodes. Mm. But those lithium ion batteries have still generally got a liquid electrolyte in them. There's a liquid in the battery that, amongst other things, enables a current to flow within the battery because if you remember your basic electronics, if you've got current flowing from one electrode to the other on the outside of your battery, Mm -hmm. you've also got to have a current flowing from one electrode to the other on the inside of the battery. Mm -hmm. You've got to have a complete circuit. And the chemistry inside the battery is what's, kind of forcing that current around the whole circuit. So what's anyway, a solid but, but the solid state is Well, the solid state value, as I understand it, they do away with the liquid electrolyte and they come up with a clever bit of solid battery engineering, where instead of having a liquid electrolyte in between your electrodes, you only have a solid in between your two electrodes. And as I understand it, that means that you can make the gap between your electrodes in the battery much smaller which means you can get a higher energy density out of your battery. Mm. And there are potentially advantages in having a longer-lived battery because basically this solid-state thing, this solid thing, which is, yeah, it's a bit more like a chip in that there are no moving parts. Mm-hmm. There no, there's no fluid sloshing around in it. This thing, it doesn't suffer from problems. You know, if a battery overheats, you're not sort of going to get liquid Boiling inside your overheated battery, for example. Uh, but like, there's no a, liquid
1: in a mobile phone battery. That's a dry cell. And the rechargeable batteries that radio-controlled really well, aircraft use. There's no um, liquid there, surely.
2: I don't know. I think there is liquid inside those batteries. As far as I know there is liquid inside those. It might be in the form of a paste rather than a big sloshy pail of liquid as in your traditional car battery. Bucket of Um, electricity. Bucket bucket of electricity. (laughs) um, Yes, but I think there is a paste to those things. But I think these things, they're more expensive to build. It's harder to come up with, I believe, the right kind of composition for your solid electrolyte to come up with something that's going to do the same job as a liquid electrolyte if you think about it if you've got to have something that's going to conduct electricity and whatever happens chemically inside this thing has got to sort of distribute itself evenly amongst the material that's presumably going to be harder with a solid than a liquid a liquid is going to do a very good job of sharing out all of the Mm -hmm. all of the dissolved stuff in that liquid is going to distribute itself amongst the volume of the liquid in a way that you wouldn't get an even distribution maybe in a solid. It's harder to get a good contact between your electrodes and your solid electrolytes and I think they can be a bit more mechanically fragile. So I think the bottom line is that while you can get some definite advantages from going solid state with your battery, it's an incremental change rather than a massive change. And in Uh, some ways, it's a change
1: back to an old terminology. Do you remember when solid state was a phrase that we used perhaps in the 60s and the 70s for transistors as opposed to valves at that point? Oh no, it's going to be solid state. It's almost like saying gasoline. It's a slightly arcane form. It's now used in a different way, and I like that. Solid-state, sort of slightly 70s, very grundy. If
2: that becomes the standard battery technology, they'll they'll just be batteries. They won't be solid-state batteries
1: anymore. Do you get excited Mm -hmm. by battery technology, like you get excited by petrol engine technology, Richard?
0: Uh, Funnily enough, I do, because I think there's a palpable sort of heat to it, not literally, or sometimes literally, (laughs) but it, it, it feels like this is an area in which we're making incredible advancements incredibly quickly. I know it's all quite incremental, but the rate of progress has suddenly accelerated in terms of energy density, which is obviously the big thing, isn't it? And then looking at the next evolution of the technology. So from what I've read, the feeling is that lithium-ion batteries for use in cars on that sort of scale and for the required energy density are kind of getting to the end of the, how much they more the they laws can be of physics. eked out. And we, uh, so we've move we, up we least, got to find other things. Yeah. things, which yeah. is yeah, yeah, yeah. more compact and better energy density. But it's quite exciting. We've gone in a relatively short amount of time, really short amount of time, really in the, in the general sort of life of the car from electric cars that would struggle to have a 100 mile range Mm. to now Tesla's and stuff that's coming out this year that i was just looking up today you know got this audi um uh, what's it called
1: e-tron yeah
0: um and the jaguar ipace of course which is coming very soon Mm -hmm. Um, sorry
1: can i say e-tron correctly e-tron which Wicked. is almost identical to the French word for turd. <laughs> uh, is it really? Yeah. And I've
0: Audi, Audi got no it's fine. And the French importer presumably is going, oh, please seriously, please reconsider. Please go, No, there's so nothing wrong with e so yeah, light. In France. Okay, so oh, I hear it. You uh, Fantastic. You've got a new electric car. What is it? It is an Audi turd. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm going to trade it in for a Jaguar iPace. Although ipace obviously, is the French for vagina, so... <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I, it's sort of- what does Model 3 mean, then, in Chinese?
2: It probably means... Oh, don't ask. Yeah. One thing I just remember about the solid-state thing, I think one of the things they do quite well is, uh, I believe you can charge a solid-state battery faster than... Mm. Uh, in
1: nine uh, seconds uh, or something. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, no, is what is another frontier, is. isn't it? Battery, isn't it? New-
2: Apart from what's your ultimate range how quickly can you maybe give it a 50% charge? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, there's
0: this new sort of... The, the next generation charge is sort of 150 kilowatt, I think, and then mm-hmm. I don't know where they'll go beyond that. I suppose the chicken and egg battery technology, charge technology, charger, charger infrastructure... Yeah. How much do they try and future-proof that without going so powerful that it doesn't work with the existing generation of cars? These are mm-hmm. the sort of things we'll wrestle with, and we are humans, we're adaptable, and we evolve, and this is what makes us who we are. And once upon a time, you had to buy petrol from a chemist shop. Mm-hmm. If the chemist was closed, your car didn't go. Mm-hmm. And that's fine. We sort of figured it out... Didn't we, in the end. Yeah, we got
2: there in the end. yeah.
0: It's the same with electricity. I'm sure we'll make it work.
2: Yeah, I mean we have to keep making steps. The biggest steps probably in battery technology are going to come from different chemistry. Solid state batteries are a step forward, but it doesn't give you the kind of massive step forward that maybe some better chemistry might give you. There's an I aluminium
1: mean, battery on the way. Perhaps well, is that right?
2: There are all kinds of alternative chemistries that you could use. I mean, I think the holy grail is a zinc air battery, I believe. That's it. Right. Yes. Uh, if you could manage to come up with a zinc air battery that could use, uh, I think this is right, that can use all of the possible oxidation states of zinc rather than just turning zinc into zinc hydroxide, which is a little bit easier to work chemically. Oh, I hate it when that happens. If you do yeah. this, you all could, the time. Yeah. then you could actually get an energy density out of a battery that would be on a par with that of liquid fuel. Yeah, yeah, right. on a yeah. par because. Petrol is something like fifty megajoules per kilogram. Mm. So basically, Um, we're looking at the war between solid and uh, liquid about two megajoules, I think, uh, per kilogram. Mm. So, who's
1: best, liquid or solid? You decide. Listen, I want to talk about some of the lucky cars uh, coming out at the moment. We mentioned SpaceX and Elon Musk and Tesla, so we've got to talk about what's happening there very briefly. Um, The Model Three is reaching people now. Do you know anyone who's driven one, Richard? Have you met? Uh, Not personally,
0: but I've read some of the US journalists who've had a go in it, which. all been not through tesla themselves but through getting friendly owners to let them have a go in it because i think those first production model threes were going to employees of tesla Mm, and now actual punters have got their hands on them i read some really glowing reports there's a guy called alex roy who's quite well known us car writer and presenter and also Seems to own a high end audio shop in New York. I don't know. <laughs> and he was absolutely effusive in his praise. And it's funny, you read about the Model 3, and I think the elephant in the room is the fact that they're still not making as many cars as yeah. Elon Musk claimed. and it's to 1,500 now, is that right? Something like that, yeah. But he was saying they're going to do 20,000 a month, and he's not even close.
2: Yeah. And I mean, mm. that is a
0: schoolboy era. It's yeah. like an established car company would have a production ramp up plan, mm-hmm. and they'd be sticking to it, and they'd have agreement with suppliers, and they would have all their processes in place. If it was Ford, mm. it's not their first rodeo. They would not know how to do this and yeah sure there'd be Mm. issues Mm. along the way Mm. and they would not quite hit targets entirely and they have lots of internal targets and gateways and all this sort of stuff but they wouldn't have a target of 20,000 a month and they'd be falling short of that to the tune of 18,500 I mean that is shocking if you're aiming for 20,000 a month you've told your dashboard supplier that you want 20,000 dashboards a month So Mm. are they all stacking them up? Or I presume there's some kind of just-in-time system. So then the burden is on the supplier to sort of slow down their production, which screws their figures, the people they buy their component parts from. There's a whole knock-on to a chain. I think usually suppliers and manufacturers have both ways it mm -hmm. works, where they have penalties in place if one side lets the other down. And I don't know how that's affecting Tesla if, if they have those agreements in place. But the point is, they've screwed up royally, really, or... Elon Musk is talking a bigger game than he
1: knew could they could ever achieve. I'm not sure. He's the truth a very probably ambitious man. I think that is, out in his forecast. They are optimistic, absolutely. Yeah. But I like a bit of optimism. If Elon Musk's SpaceX project can be compared to Tesla in any way, they have actually delivered on everything ultimately. They've got there a lot, 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 lot later. Yeah. And maybe if they can hang on, that Tesla will, will, will get there eventually. But it's going to be painful. But this is, yeah, my going with, from this
0: is absolutely my beef with Elon Musk when it comes to the car-making side of things. He can deliver his rocket program late. Mm. Rockets are bespoke, essentially, one-off things, aren't they? And, and, and you've got a couple of customers. You know, either, yeah. either mm-hmm. you know Basically, yeah.
2: you're launching stuff for NASA or for the U.S. military. Yes. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's not like
0: there's half a million people who've given you a bit of money and would like their rocket launch now please that's not how space works Mm -hmm. but cars it does and this car is a mainstream car now and the numbers they're intending to sell it in the fanboys won't protect them they're going to cut through into the real world where people won't tolerate shoddy quality and they also won't tolerate a car being massively late they'll get bored they'll want their money back and they'll go and buy an Audi or a Jag or a BMW or one of the new electric cars that are coming very soon well this is the thing
2: there's now a much greater danger of tesla being overtaken yeah. by the more established businesses yeah. who are within the framework of their much greater expertise in mass manufacturing yeah. vehicles that's it are making the the manufacturing vehicles. Bit. and the, yeah. the
0: thing is but then i've been yeah. reading these tests of the model 3 and i've been looking at the pictures again and sort of seeing it out in the real world and watching some video on youtube of owners who you know a lot of them are sort of hyper fanboys and they do endless youtube videos of today i'm going to show you how i open the glove compartment And I'll be honest, I get fascinated by it. And I'm looking at the Model 3 and I'm thinking, it's a very desirable object. I Mm. look at it and I kind of want one. I love that minimalist interior. Mm. The exterior is all right. I love that touchscreen, the graphics. I mean, I think some of the UI decisions they've made are bonkers. And did you know the auto wipers, the Model 3s were delivered without automatic wipers. But it's now been given to all the existing cars with an over-the-air update because... Tesla automatic wipers, on the Model 3 and on the most recent Model S and X models, it doesn't use the usual sensor that all other cars have.
2: Let me guess, it uses something basically internet based GPS it looks at the weather radar in your area figures out where it's raining and works it if that's where you are no it does?
0: E- Elon Musk is in space in a satellite <laughs> and he's watching with binoculars that when it's be raining be and he presses a button and makes a car no no race. do you know what it is it's the it's cameras a, it's a... auto wipers they've got to detect when the screen is wet yeah. and give a swoosh of the wipers they're infuriating in all cars they never work properly uh-huh. but Tesla's system is different it uses the cameras because all of those cars are covered in cameras for the autopilot system yeah. and I guess the ones so behind the so screen if it sees yeah.
2: spots of water well, just reading
0: up on the internet because I was fascinated. It's like, wow, they can give your car a new feature just right over the air uh-huh. update. How brilliant! Love that. Hmm. but then reading people going yeah I've tried out my new auto wipers yeah they don't really work properly <laughs> <laughs> go, it's a classic okay. auto wiper so basically, they are they like, like even every other, worse than auto like wipers other on other cars oh, but doing... I think, sorry Garth I was going to wind up my thought which is that I think the Model 3 is an incredibly desirable car and I think we've probably said this on the show before but it's all for now if they cannot reliably mass produce it in the way that they yeah. claim mm-hmm. and at the moment there's little evidence that it's going to plan and I think that's where they've dropped the ball a bit and it's a shame I wish them the best luck because of the old cliche goes tesla if they didn't exist we'd have to invent them I because can, they've given everyone else a kick up the arse and it will make the other electric cars coming from other people, yeah, I think, up their game.
2: They're doing great work.
0: For that alone, we need them, but we also need them to prove that they're not BS merchants.
1: Yeah. yeah. I can't separate Tesla from SpaceX. For me, it's one entity. It's driven by this imagineering I mean, I, lunatic.
2: I can't see that, but they are such different businesses. Ed Richard says they are such massively different businesses. You know, mm-hmm. the Volume. Di- the difference yeah the smoke, yeah. yeah.
1: Bespoke, yeah. And yet, SpaceX are now... T- Turning out rockets and turning round rockets and launching rockets within 24 hours of that Falcon 9 launch that put Zuma up, they had Falcon Heavy. On the same launch pad. They built the processing facility in a matter of months. They've got dual launch capacities. They've built one at Vandenberg Air Force Base now. There's an awful lot of work going in for a long-term goal. And that's how I'm willing to hope that we can hang on so he gets the long-term goal. Yeah, there's going to be horrible disappointments. That's the thing. His long-term goal in space
0: rocket launches is that he is still ahead of everyone else. Mm, mm -hmm. Well, that's not the case in the car world. He's not ahead of everyone else, and he doesn't have any particular technology that anyone, I think, would want to buy. They're all working on he
1: their is own a head. He's ahead of Jaguar, he's ahead of Audi, he's ahead of Porsche. Yeah, but,
0: as soon as they arrive, they potentially are going to destroy him, because okay. they're going to arrive with, I think, cars that you can actually go in and buy Mm. if you ordered a model 3 now when are you going to get it Mm -hmm. 2020 Mm -hmm. 2021 i mean at the current rate of progress i'm going to get one
1: in 2019 but i'm paying an extra 20 grand well that's the thing because i was looking at this i was
0: going oh i really quite fancy one of those and i think they're coming to the uk i don't know if it's this year might be next year now and i was thinking well there's literally no chance of getting one unless you want to pay a huge premium but then i'm thinking well the jag Pace will be out by then and i really really want one of those so i'll just get one of those if i was in the market and i have the money that's the problem you see i think it's a very desirable object that car but it's not so desirable that you would exclude all others because i think that some of the other stuff that's going to come along is also going to be very desirable and that you'll actually be able to get it and you'll be able to get it serviced and not have these concerns about the company going a bit screwy and squiffy because all these proclamations that musk makes are basically just to shore up his stock as much as anything he needs that
2: so what's the the future are they going to end up being forced to collaborate with an existing car manufacturer. I don't think who,
1: Toyota who, used to own part of Tesla, but they've sold all their shares now. There is a beginnings of a relationship. Well, Mercedes
0: there. gave them a load of money in the early mm. days as well, but I don't think that Merck now mm. need or want that because their electric cars are coming very soon, and I don't think there's any sort of overlap.
1: Over the Christmas period, I went out into London, and on New Year's Day. I saw a McLaren P1
2: going
1: going down Oxford Street. Mm. Man, I actually shrieked like a child and it actually made a lovely noise. I'd never heard (laughs) one in the flash. It Mm. makes a real rips-naughty noise, real sing song, you know. And that was possibly the second most exciting thing that happened to me in terms of cars because I went down the King's Road a few days earlier and saw three model x's tesla model x's three on the king's road so it's very fashionable that's what that tells mm. me that's very exciting and i was excited by seeing three of them you know wow three big numbers three in the wild yeah, yeah but good. you know because I'm, I'm seeing
0: them around quite a lot now the model x's I yeah, think there's, yeah there's a lot sort of around and it is always in because well like i can say it's always in the well-to-do parts of london it has to be they're incredibly expensive mm-hmm. yeah but yeah in, in sort of Hampstead and places
1: there's quite yeah, a few of them, them around here. but we've got Two minutes, right, two minutes. Is the petrol or the internal combustion engine dead? What are the options for that now? How much more efficient
2: can we get in two minutes, Zog? Are we absolutely at the end now? Uh, we do seem to be eking out with some of the developments with the compression ignition stuff that Mazda and Mercedes and some other people have been looking into, starting to use. We are getting more efficiency out of the petrol engine, but we must be getting pretty close to the limit, I would have thought. Yeah, We're also... Just getting to the point where even you could get more efficiency out of the petrol engine... You'd be legislating y- y- against... You'd be wasting your time doing it yeah. because the electric option is going to become so much more desirable in so many ways. The simplicity and efficiency of an electric motor compared to a petrol motor, an internal combustion engine, is insane and we're getting better at the battery stuff
0: i completely agree with you but i don't think the petrol engine is completely dead the changeover period no, right. is going to be It'll longer than perhaps we think yeah. yeah. there's going to be loads yeah. of new Indeed. electric cars in the yeah. next couple of years and we're going to be drowning in them you're going to be spoiled for choice But the take-up rate is going to be slower, I think, than even some of the car makers are expecting. I was reading this week that I think some of the numbers that they're planning on building in the future. And you just think, that's a lot of cars you're suddenly saying are going to be pure electric. It will happen, but the acceptance rate... My Nissan Leaf has gone to my great sadness, but... When I was driving that, another time people go, oh, I couldn't have an electric car, because, I mean, how do you charge it up? You don't have a charger at home. I just go, Mm. it's really easy. I just charge it around the corner in a public point or at my office. It's Mm. not an issue. Why? Oh, right, yeah, OK, yeah. But people's immediate reaction is, oh, I couldn't have one of those. And getting over that inertia is going to take time. And in the meantime, the petrol engine will soldier on. Particularly this country, diesel now is sort of being legislated against more and there's this tide turning against it. So it's petrol that will sort of see us through to the moment when the electric power becomes the norm.
1: And if that remains the truth, long may Gareth Jones on Speed describe itself as the podcast for petrol heads. We'll have something to talk about. Hooray. You've been listening to Richard talking. Goodbye. To Zog talking. Goodbye. And me interrupting. I was Gareth. See ya.